The following program is paid for by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 1071, AZBK 0910184. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Absolute Mortgage. Visit absoluteloans.com or call 888-90-HOMES for cost information. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage. Now in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to The Money Hour on 1150 AM, KKNW, the Saturday, January 9th show. I'm your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and our local economy and how it can affect your money. Well, we made it. It is a new year, 2016. And through the show this year, I want to make sure that you're having the best financial year that you possibly can. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you're listening to a rebroadcast, but I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have in studio today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And the lineup for the show today Rylan Tanichki with the Reichel Group. With the real estate market heating up, many people are getting into flipping houses. So Rylan's in studio today to share how to do it and how to be successful. Also in studio, I have Dr. Chapik with Amen Clinics Northwest. In my five years of doing the show, I've never had a topic in studio that I've brought like this, so I'm very excited. We're going to uh, talk about financial, your financial life, the importance of it, and how it connects with protecting by, by protecting your brain. So it's going to be a great opportunity, actually protecting your brain health. It's going to be a great, uh, great topic. Also in studio, I have Brittany Hannigan with Northwest Group Real Estate. Is now the right time to sell and... Are you going to be maximizing your profit and netting the the highest profit that you can with the sale of your home? So that's a conversation I'll be having with Brittany today. Great information and great guest in studio for more information on any topics discussed or topics that you'd like to bring in for me to bring into the show. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, it's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And let's go ahead and start out today with a little money chat. Money. I read an article talking about the obstacles of homeownership, perceived or real, and I want to go through this. There was a recent study by Fannie Mae. What do consumers know about the mortgage qualification criteria? revealed that many consumers are either unsure or misinformed regarding the minimum requirements necessary to obtain a mortgage. So starting in 2016, if you're thinking of being a homeowner and want an opportunity to get into the market and somebody is telling you that you may not, or you're thinking that you can't, you want to make sure you're getting all your information or all your facts correct. And the best way to do that is to talk to a professional uh, mortgage advisor to find out where you're at and what you can do. But here's what uh, Fannie Mae's study came up with. First down payment, perceptions. Many renters have mentioned that the lack of uh, down payment is preventing them from moving forward to purchase a home. Now, according to Fannie Mae's report, 40% of all renters don't know what the down payment requirement is. 
15% think they need a 20% down and an additional 4% think that they need a 10% down payment. Now, here's the reality. There are programs that are offered by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and FHA that allow you to get in with a 3% down payment through the conventional financing, 35 through FHA. If you're eligible for VA financing for all of our veterans listening to the show, there are zero down uh, opportunities for you. And the greatest thing about VA is you don't have to pay the private mortgage insurance, which I'm going to bring and talk about here in just a second. Uh, also, if you're buying in specific areas uh, that qualify for USDA financing, you can get in zero down as well. Now, for any of you move up buyers that think you're following falling into the jumbo arena and you feel that you need a 20% down payment, that's a really common thing in, um, that move up buyers may be thinking. You can actually get into jumbo financing with as low as 10% down payment. Now, according to the National Association of Rural Tours, the typical down payment for first-time home buyers is 6%. Now, even consumers know this. Some consumers know this, but they still uh, feel that they might need to do a 20% down payment to avoid paying private mortgage insurance, PMI or mortgage insurance, MI. The reality of it is, is you do not. You can actually, outside of VA and USDA financing, where it's a little bit different there, your standard conventional financing, you can get in with as low as a 5% down payment and not have to pay monthly mortgage insurance. Now, there is mortgage insurance required because it's an insurance that protects the bank in case of defaulting on your mortgage. So that's still required. But you can actually avoid paying it monthly by having a lender, the lender pay it for you. Now, of course, how you accomplish that, you're going to pay a premium interest rate for it. But there's another way that's my favorite way of getting into a home with a lower down payment. And to be honest with you, even if I had a 20% down payment, I wouldn't liquidate it. I would keep my money working for me in another asset class. I would minimize my investment in my home because of the tax deduction. Plus, I don't want that money stuck and they're not making anything. The question is, is how much it, is it costing you for the bar, to borrow it? Can you make more on that interest in another asset class? And I bet you over a, a longer period of time, you most likely can. So you can get in with a 5% down payment by doing a buyout of mortgage insurance or what they call a single premium. You're paying a fee upfront to avoid having to pay the monthly mortgage insurance. It doesn't affect the actual interest rate that you're paying on your mortgage. So the best way to analyze or to look at what makes most sense for you is to analyze all of the options. And with looking at them side by side, you can make the best financial decision for you and your family. Now, perceptions, many renters have mentioned the lack of credit and being able to approve for a mortgage. Now, according to Fannie Mae report, 54% of all renters don't know what the credit score requirement is. 5% think that they need at least a 740 credit score or higher. Not true. Now, for conventional financing, you do your highest credit score bracket for the best rate of 740. Most book consumers don't realize, and, and sometimes even people in the real estate uh, arena, that your government financing is not driven by your credit score as far as rate, unless you're at a really low credit score, then you're going to see a little additional increase in the interest rate. Now, here's the reality most mortgages are granted to purchase with credit scores with less than 700. According to LMA, the average credit score on a closed FHA purchase is 687, and the average credit score on all loans combined together is 722. But most lenders on FHA financing will allow you to go to 580 
which is a pretty challenging credit score. Most lenders actually have overlays to that where they'll actually lend to a 620. On conventional financing, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, when you're doing a 5% down payment, there are actually uh, some lenders that are lend to 620, and there's a couple mortgage insurance companies as well that will lend at a 620. Standard is closer to 660. Now, in wrapping up the money chat, I, I want to talk just uh, about the PMI or the private mortgage insurance. It's very important that your mortgage insurance, the company that you're working with, uh, the lender, is has access to all of the major mortgage insurance companies, and there's five of them. The reason that's important is because there are different qualifications and there's different rates. So when we're talking about credit score, you may be able to qualify to get mortgage insurance. And there's actually a couple companies out there with a 5% down that requires 680. Um, But also the pricing of mortgage insurance. There's a a couple of the mortgage insurance companies that are risk-based, which is a total different pricing than the other three major competitors out there in lending or offering mortgage insurance. And it's based on what your debt-to-income ratio is is based on your qualifying uh, credit score. So there's a lot of factors that you could see a substantial difference in the cost of mortgage insurance. So that's important. Now, actually, I do also want to bring in debt to income ratio or uh, DTI. Perceptions, many renters have mentioned that they carry too much debt and would prevent them from moving forward on a home purchase according to, again, Fannie Mae report, 59% of all renters don't know that the D- what the DTI requirement is. 25% think that they need tw- under 25% and 7% think that you need under 39%. The, the reality is lenders are lending up. They like to see 36% debt to income ratio. That's what they like to see. Same with the secondary market, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. But all day long, they're lending to a 45% debt to income ratio. So it's not challenging based on debt to income ratio to get a loan. Now, a lot of consumers don't also realize that the debt to income ratio is based on your gross monthly income. That's right, before you take your tax or before you have your taxes taken out. They're not lending on actual take-home on, or net. They're lending on your gross. So take 45% of your gross income, subtract out the monthly liabilities that you're paying for on a credit report, um, excluding rent, electricity, phone bill, all of that. Car insurance is not included. And then that will show you what lenders are lending up to. Now, a little scary here, but the reality is the government financing FHA and VA are actually lending easily to low 50s and sometimes even higher. So the point in this uh, conversation from Money Chat is just to encourage you to pick up the phone, consult with a professional and find out where you are before you make a decision that you can't do it because we're in a very great market. Property values are still increasing and anticipation is they will do so for uh, 2016 and the interest rates are still at a historical low. And conversation is, talk is those eventually have to be going up as well. So now's the time to get in and take a look at the conversations around rent. For those of my uh, listeners that are renters, pretty scary out there with the anticipation of what rents are going to do. So get into the market now while you can. Any questions that you have on information that I share for through Money Chat, uh, most of you are my regular listeners know that my I do mortgages for a living. So I'm here to assist in that arena if you'd like. Again, if you want any expert in any financial situation um, that you have questions on, I have all of the industry leaders right here that come into studio. So please call into the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, it's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. Coming up in the Money Hour, if you are thinking of taking advantage of this market with property value,
value is increasing. There's a lot of people that are getting back into flipping, flipping your home. And so how do you do that? You want to make sure that you're talking with an expert in this arena as well. And I have in studio Rylan Tanadichi with the Ryko Group right here at 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I liked things to always be the same. Anything new or different would scare and upset me. I was very sensitive to lights and sounds. It was almost like I had bigger eyes and ears than everyone else. So I built secret hiding places where nothing could get in. I didn't like looking people in the eye. It made me feel uncomfortable. I'd throw big tantrums over little things like when my socks didn't match. Sometimes I'd do the same things over and over. Until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. You can see signs of autism in children as young as 18 months. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell. Sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage. Now in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW. The Saturday, January 9th show, it's a great day to talk money. That's why I'm here with you and what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, build a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're hearing my show at a different time, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but I am always here to answer your questions, and you can call the show at 1-855-411-50, or you can go online at themoneyhour.com. Also, if you'd like to connect with any of the guests that I have in studio, uh, make sure that you reach out as well. Right now in studio, I have Rylan Tanajichi with the Ryko Group, and we're going to talk about flipping homes today. Rylan, thank you so much for uh, coming back in studio. Excited to uh, hear what's going on and the opportunities in flipping properties with all of the appreciation that we're seeing in the market and the anticipation of the continued appreciation. It's, it's a great opportunity to be able to do this. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tina. I, I can't believe how much you know about all this loan stuff. It's like five PMI. I didn't know that. That's crazy. <laughs> well, you know, in, in my arena, I should know it all, right? Yeah, just like you do as you apparently. do in yours. Thank you, Rylan. <laughs> and a little, a uh, little bit about Rylan. Rylan's been investing in real estate since two thousand. He is a builder, developer, a general contractor, and a realtor. He owns one hundred and seventy-two cash flow rental properties and flips, develops a hundred houses every year, and with this, he obviously has the experience needed to uh, share a wealth of advice. So again, Rylan, I just think this That's is a, a great topic. That's a lot of topic. houses. No, that is well. a lot of houses. Can you explain how you get that <laughs> try, done? Trying to keep track of all that is yeah. ridiculous. we got to have a team look, helping out. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, so let's say, how do you do that? I mean, how do you find the properties to flip, Rylan? Well, I mean, the first thing is um, we do 25 a quarter. So you try to focus on eight a month because, you know, you try to make it a little more manageable. Uh Uh-huh. But, um, you know, you just have to have systems. So we have um, very good marketing systems to contact off-market properties. Okay. So these are not properties on the MLS uh, that all the realtors have access to. And then most of the deals will come that way. We actually stay away from the auctions, so we don't actually buy at the auctions here locally in Seattle. Um, I think the price is a little bit too high 
for what we want to pay. Uh-huh. Uh, so we we tend to stay away from that. And you know, one of the biggest things is we we literally research properties and then we door knock. So we find oh. you know these type of situations. Um, so it's it's definitely difficult, but you got to have a good system in place. Yeah, to well, find just these like anything else, and if I, you know, I've I've known you for for a while, Rylan, and I know that you are definitely a systems guy. And it's interesting to say about the uh, purchasing auction because I think that's probably the most common way that people are purchasing um, and flipping properties is they're going down to the auction house. So yeah, an opportunity honestly, to do something a little different. My opinion: if you're going to auction, you're paying too much. Yes, at least okay. here in Seattle, maybe in other parts of the country. Um, definitely in King County, uh-huh. you probably have a little bit better luck in the auction up in uh, Pierce, Kitsap, um, da- you know, some of the more further out areas. Okay. But it's it's very competitive at the auction, and um, I've watched the auction for years and just not seen the type of deals that, you know, we'd want to buy. Okay. What about um, analyze and analyzing a, f- a flip? Yeah, so that's, that's, that's why we don't buy at the auction, because okay. we want to be at the after repair value, right? It's ARV mm-hmm. is what we call ARV. We want to be at 70% of that minus construction costs, and that has to be calculated correctly. Um, when I do my ARV calculations, um, I actually flipped houses back in 2008 when the market crashed. Okay. So I kind of remember all those data points from back then, and I try to keep that in mind because uh, you know um, a lot of us expect the market to be um, hitting some, maybe not a big crash, but some uh-huh. kind of slowdown, maybe sure. in the next, next year or two. And that would definitely affect some areas when you're flipping houses. So, so when you talk, I think that would be the the one place that people might uh, have a concern in flipping is just what if I don't time the market right and while well, I've got these properties. So, how do you? Um, what is your advice on that? Yeah. Ryan? So what I what I've learned from doing this since 2004 because I started buying rental properties in 2000. So I've been flipping mm-hmm. for 11 years now here in this market. And what I've learned is the low price point stuff. So I like to find houses under eighty thousand dollars. Okay. We a lot in Olympia, Arlington. I was going to say, where are you finding Tacoma? <laughs> I mean, believe it or not, we find houses for fifty thousand. Really? In Seattle, right? That's crazy. But uh-huh. it's it's like Tacoma or, you know, Lacey, Olympia, you know, areas okay. like that. Um, I find that the low price range does is not as affected as much by the market crashes. Okay. So I like the lower price range properties to flip. Or it's going to hit them. Yeah, it can't go lower than fifty grand, right? So it's you hit the low part of the price range, and then you hit the hot areas. So Mm -hmm. Bellevue, Wallingford, you know Mercer Island, Uh Ballard, Queen Anne, areas like that that are always been hot. Um, If you stay in those the low end and the hot end, okay, you're probably going to do fine because it didn't wasn't that much affected in 2008. Okay, the areas that get crushed are the everything in between. So Renton, Auburn, West Seattle, Mm -hmm. Lake Stevens. Uh, You got to be careful flipping there. So for us, we we want to get a better deal. Um, if we're in the middle price ranges. Yeah, and, and I mean, obviously the whole market was, was affected when the market crashed, but it takes, it's affected a less amount and it, it, it kind of follows. And so it takes a little longer for those markets to hit, correct? Yeah, like in Ballard, prices went down 25, 50,000. Uh-huh. Anything on Wallingford, didn't matter, 08, 09, those properties yeah. were going fast. Wow. Um, some areas you just can't find properties. So mm-hmm. when the market crashes, people still... They want to live there. There's yes. more demand than supply, and you'll be okay if you stay in those areas. But you got to buy it right. Seventy percent of ARV minus construction costs is very difficult to find. So let's talk about the profit then. Mm-hmm. So what what are you realistically you know looking as far as uh, profit? Yeah, typically when you flip, a lot of people don't realize that uh, you have to buy the property usually half of what you know the what the what it would be on the MLS. 
Okay. Because um, you got 10% that's going to go to closing costs. Uh-huh. You know, you have to use agents, right? Even if, you know, there's no way around it. If you're going to sell the house fast, you've got to use a real estate agent. Of there's course. no way around that. Yep. Uh, so you're looking at 10%. And then you got 5% for holding costs. So just off the bat, you already lost 15%, you know, in all the closing costs and holding costs. Mm-hmm. So if you want to make any money, you have to buy it at 30% of what it will sell for at the after repair value. Okay. And then you got the rehab costs, so you got to factor that in. So by the time you end of it, you know, if you're going to sell for 300, a lot of times you got to buy it for 150. Wow. So it's uh, you got to get some good deal in order to have a safe profit margin. And being able to find those good deals and really making sure that you're getting the best property in, you know, more than even any other type of real estate, you really need to make sure that you have that expert um, that's taking care of you. Yeah, understands it's, it's this hard to find market. and it's and it, it's really hard for a smaller, we've been doing it for a long time, so we have a lot of relationships, we have a lot of systems in place. Um, I noticed that maybe 5% of the flippers are doing 95% of the volume. Yeah. It's very hard for people to find a single deal, you know, uh, for us to keep finding 10 deals a month sure. that fit this criteria. Um, you got to have a pretty good system in place. Yeah, it makes you know, sense. Things like that. Yeah. What about the value of seller subordination, Rylan? Oh, well, so when you're, you know, in, in a market like this, uh, you have, um, there's different ways you can get a deal, uh-huh. right? So seller subordination is, is a way that you can offer a seller a higher price. But basically what they're doing is they're putting their mortgage in part of part of uh, the payment that you're giving them is going okay. in second position on the loan. Yep. So what that allows you to do is to get better financing with a hard money lender or a private lender. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times you could do a flip with zero down if you get a seller to go in second position. Okay. So sometimes you can offer more money, which is nice when you're when the market's hot like this, where you can't find deals. Sometimes you got to know how to be able to offer a little, um, you know, make a higher offer price and still make your numbers work. Makes sense. Now let's yeah. talk about the uh, construction and completing construction in 30 days. How do you do that? Yeah. So we do our flips in 30 days. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's 4,000 square feet, a thousand square feet. It's very difficult to do and that quick. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and we do that because we have our own construction company and we okay. own all of our own, all the subcontractors we own. Okay. So we own our own electrical company, we own our HVAC company, we own our own tile company, uh, plumbing. Um, these are the things that not only make your flip expensive, but also slow the process down yes. substantially. And mm-hmm. we also build houses, so we do all of our building in-house. Okay. Um, about a month ago, because a lot of people have asked me, they say, hey, can we use your guys' process for our flips? And I said, no, this is only for us. Sorry. Uh-huh. Uh, but about a month ago, we started being a general contractor and builder for other investors. And it's been crazy because uh, mm. I think we've do- we're doing 16 flips for other people now in Very the last good. month. Wow. So wow. That's, everybody knew we were, and they're like, hey, can you just flip it for us? Because yeah. we don't know anybody that could do it as fast as you guys and as inexpensive. And still, you know, we permit everything so the quality is good and all that yep. type of thing. Um, so we're doing like a full service where, you know, if somebody needs help with that, um, you know, we can help them out with that whole process. And okay. now to date, I've done over 400 flips. My partner's done over 400. Yeah. So we have almost close to a thousand flips in our, you know, in experience. And uh, so now we're doing it for other people. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, it's a pretty good deal, I think. But it's systems. You got to have... What we do is we, a kick, we do a Kickstarter um, meeting okay. on every project. So we bring in all the like plumber, electrician, all the key people, uh-huh. and we lay out all the potential problems that are going to happen, and we cre- create a critical path 
that everybody agrees to. Okay. And so we come up, that's how we do it in 30 days. You have to have a plan and everybody has to be in sync. Yes. Throughout so the Rylan, process. If, if people want to get more information or attend one of those, um, how can they do that? Yeah. You know, they, they call me directly. Um, they can also go on a meetup because I, I do free coaching okay. um, three times a month. It's a, called Bellevue Wholesaler Workshop. Okay. And we coach rehabbers and wholesalers uh, for free. And um, so that, that's a great thing. They can go and meet up or they can call me at 206-832-9590. Okay. My email is info at ricohomes.com. And, and as always, you can go to themoneyhour.com, too, if you want to get yeah, Rylan's information. Uh, he'll be there. Uh, Rylan, run a little bit, tell him out of here. And I've, I want to make sure that I ask you this. What about land? And because and, you talk about how you can get land for free. Yeah. So I've actually, you know, I think I'm building about 20 to 25 houses right now and a 18 unit condo and a 24 unit apartment. I have never paid for land. So how is that possible? What you do is you find a piece of land and you subdivide it and then you get a piece of land for free. Got it. So that's what we do on everything. Uh-huh. We don't actually actually buy land. Wow. And you use the equity in your land as a down payment to purchase the property. Okay. Uh, I mean, as a down payment on the construction loan. I got it. Yeah. So that's what we do. So tips on land and, and what you should really be looking for uh, before yeah, I you're take looking a break. For, you got to know the zoning extremely well, mm-hmm. highest and best use, ingress, egress, how you get in and out on the land. Um, and it's, you know, a lot of people miss these deals. Uh, I just found a deal on the MLS was on the market for 47 days. Uh, you know, I'm going to make a half a million on it. We can build a t- two townhomes and a mini skinny mini on Rainier Avenue. Uh-huh. And it, everybody saw this and nobody saw the development opportunity. And there was literally three lots that we uh, subdivided it to that were all worth 130 and we paid 420 for the property. Wow. So we got a property on uh, Rainier Avenue, 3,400 square feet for 30,000. Uh-huh. For the realtors out there, right? Tell me you can find a $30,000 house for 340 square feet in sure, Seattle. Sure. That doesn't happen. Yeah. But if you uh, learn what you're looking for, then you can look for stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, again, if you want to talk with Rylan, uh, call the show 1-855-411-50 or go online at themoneyhour.com. And if you're looking at doing something in the flipping arena, uh, that's his expertise and what he does. Um, Rylan, thank you so much for uh, for coming into studio today and sharing your information. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, I really came out to hang out with Tina. So yeah, you're so <laughs> that was, that was, sweet. That was the main reason <laughs> for me coming out. So. Rylan, thank you so much. And coming up next on The Money Hour, how can you invest in brain health and help your financial situation, your financial life? I have Dr. Chapik with Amen Clinics Northwest right here at 1150 AM, KKNW after this short break. Isn't it time to get the right answers? Whether you or a loved one struggle with attention, anxiety, depression, mood problems, autism, obsessive compulsive disorder, addictions, weight, memory, learning, or behavioral problems, the Amen Clinics can help. At the Amen Clinics, they specialize in powerful brain imaging called SPECT that when combined with detailed clinical histories, paints a clear picture of your brain. This is called the Amen Clinics Method. The Amen Clinics Method allows a look at your brain patterns to treat conditions based on your specific type. What they've discovered from over 115,000 brain scans is that imaging changes everything. There's not just one type of depression, ADD, or addiction. They all have multiple types. The imaging in the context of a detailed history allows them to target treatment specifically to your brain. This is Dr. Cabron Chapik at the Amen Clinics Northwest in Bellevue, and we want to help you find the right answers. Visit amenclinics.com or call 1-855-400- 
1-800-273-9136 to learn more and speak with a patient care coordinator today. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, January 9th show. I am here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a broadcast to talk with the guests that I have in studio. If you have a question for me, you can call the show at one 855 411150. Again, that's 1 855 411150 or online at themoneyr.com. And in studio right now, I'm going to have a conversation with Dr. Chapik with Amen Clinics Northwest. And we're going to talk about investing in brain health. And I'm excited to uh, sit across from the, uh, the desk with you and have a conversation. As I mentioned in the uh, opening to the show when I was doing the lineup, that I have to say, in the five years that I've done the show, I've never had this conversation come in. And I've, uh, we have a lot of conversations on financing, but this is a little twist to it. So I appreciate your time. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. And a little bit of background about Dr. Chapik. He is a neuropathic physician with primary focus on uh, psychiatry. And Dr. Chapik is passionate about helping patients achieve optimal brain health using highly effective yet gentle therapeutic agents and methods, including materials, amino acids, uh, volatanic medicine, vitamins, hormones, medication, therapeutic lifestyle changes, such as diet and exercise. Graduate from Bastyr University with his neuropathic medical degree and the University of Kansas with a degree in human biology. With nearly 10 years experience in mental health and previous mental director of the Center of Counseling, he has been helping patients at the Amen Clinics Northwest for the past three years, which helped diagnose and treat host of brain challenges, including ADD, depression, anxiety, addiction, and Alzheimer. He loves helping patients optimize brain performance and assets the health of their brains. So again, it's just going to be a great conversation and and putting this really on a a spin around money because that's what the show is about. But it's common sense that if our brain is healthy and we can take care of that, then we're going to be able to make better decisions and everything, including our finances. So tell me, how does it, um, does the work at Amen Clinic working with the patients with different mental health and uh, neurological conditions relate to uh, finances and investing? Well, you're right, Tina. Uh, Absolutely. Brains, you know, brains run the world. And if your brain's not working well, you're going to have more difficulty making decisions, being organized, planning. And when you think about making a decision, whether you're a realtor or you're a business owner, um, you know, it really comes down to those critical decisions. So if your brain isn't working well, you're going to have more difficulty. Makes sense. And I have to tell you, there's occasionally sometimes that my brain isn't working at maximize uh, potential. So I I know exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So which parts of the brain are involved in financial decision making? Well, specifically, when we think about the brain, there's an area right behind your forehead called the prefrontal cortex, mm-hmm. and it's most involved in decision making. Um, and so it comes down to having a healthy frontal lobe. 
Okay. And what are ways to care for the brain in order to make better financial decisions? So what advice can you share with my listeners there? So what you might want to think about is, of course, getting good sleep. Uh, And, you know, many of us can attest to this, Mm -hmm. that um, you make better decisions in the morning when you're rested. And a lot of folks will say, if you're fighting with your spouse, you want to finish the argument at night, don't, don't go to bed. Um, unresolved, but actually it can make sense to wake up the next, to sleep on it Uh more or less. And you want to sleep on decisions sometimes because you're going to have a rested brain in the morning. You also want to think about your brain uses up to 30% of the calories in your diet. So so 30% of what you eat goes directly to your brain. Wow. It's a very hungry organ, even though it's only 2% of your body weight. And so if you're just fueling it with sugar and caffeine to keep that energy going, it's not really fuel for the brain. It's not good energy for the brain and Uh the brain is suffering. And so, um, you know, uh, many um, uh, leaders and business owners are really performing below their optimal self, below their optimal performance. And what about, I mean, with Alzheimer's, there's a lot of, of talk with increasing uh, with Alzheimer's and, and what sort of financial um, investments are there in our early diagnosis of uh, Alzheimer's? I'm glad you brought that up because it's a huge, huge uh, epidemic that's sort of mm-hmm. on the rise. Like one in three f- individuals above age 80 is going to be diagnosed with Alzheimer's wow. disease. I mean, it's 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 scary. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And um, a lot of, and so when when we think about money, we think about finances, um, and we think about Alzheimer's and that fear. We want to delay knowing about it as long as possible. That's the gut reaction. Yes. I don't want to know that if I have it or we not. I don't want to worry about it because it's not here. Let's so, so let's not even think about it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The ostrich approach, head in the sand. Yeah. However, that's costly. That's costly. So, um, this, and this is why. So if you can die, most, most cases of dementia are not uh, diagnosed until four years in, which is like a diabetic not being treated in, until their arms have gained green, until there's really, really high insulin levels and it's hard to treat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it becomes a much more costly disease to manage at that point. Um, for example, um, there was uh, in the Genworth Financial uh, Cost of Care Survey over 10 years to to be living in an assisted care facility that costs about $500,000 over 10 years. Uh, mm-hmm. If diagnosed later uh, into dementia, the uh-huh. cost was about a million dollars over yeah. 10 years for more intensive care. So just y- you'll save yourself and your family money. But not only that, think about if you can actually slow the progression yeah. or improve symptoms, it's better quality of life. So Dr. Jackman, what if, for my listeners, what can we do to, um, to help with the, uh, the health of our brain to mm-hmm. minimize the chances that we're going to have mm-hmm. disease like Alzheimer's? Right. And that, I think that's what's so exciting too, is, is now there's a huge amount of information and knowledge. And I want to get that out there, that mm-hmm. there are things you can do okay. to make a difference. And they're simple things. For example, eating blueberries, like antioxidant-rich uh, fruits and vegetables, actually can improve memory and slow cognitive decline. Mm-hmm. You know, um, exercising regularly actually slows cognitive decline. Um, 
looking at your important numbers is what we say. So checking to make sure that your blood sugars aren't rising and elevating. Half the American population has blood sugar levels above uh, 50% have um, dysregulated blood sugar and perhaps even more have diabetes. Okay. Um, and so having elevated blood sugar levels damage the vessels and contribute to Alzheimer's. So just getting your, your yearly physical, getting your blood sugar levels checked, mm -hmm. checking things like cholesterol, losing weight. Many okay. individuals are overweight. And so another benefit to being healthy and, and fit. What about any exercises? Are there exercises that we can do for our brain to keep it mm -hmm. healthy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lumosity just got in trouble for overemphasizing uh, their brain games. That okay. they can prevent Alzheimer's disease, basically. And I am a big advocate of exercising the brain, um, including computerized brain games like uh -huh. Lumosity. But that's if you just do that, it's, it's not going to be effective. You need to look at a, a comprehensive approach. UCLA proved this um, two years ago. They did a study where they took 10 individuals who had mild cognitive impairment and they were actually able to reverse that in nine out of 10 of those individuals wow. by putting them on a comprehensive program, uh, meditation, mm -hmm. uh, exercise, eating uh, a lower carbohydrate diet. So more vegetables and protein and healthy fats like lean meats mm -hmm. and less carbohydrates like rice and bread and things okay. like that. And six of those individuals who had stopped working or weren't able to work were uh -huh. able to go back to work. So there's another financial wow. uh, benefit. Yeah, and we know, I've, I mean, if you, if you feel stressed and overwhelmed, that there's a, a better chance that you're going to be unhealthy. And mm -hmm. um, same with, I could imagine, with your brain. If you're meditating and you're in a good space, you're going to have a healthier and a happier brain. Right. So let's talk about what are the financial implications uh, related to brain health. So in addition to making good decisions, um, I think about it in two ways. So um, it, both preventing disease um, and then optimizing performance. Okay. And so things like um, you can exercise your memory uh, and improve your memory, which may help you say you're a realtor and you need to remember lots of names or lots of um, potential uh, investments. Okay. Um, and so that's going to help you in your workplace and every day. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to slow down, uh, yeah, disease and improve things like depression, anxiety, uh -huh. which, you know, if, if you're a business owner, senior executives, 25% have some psychological like depression, anxiety, yeah. ADD that's untreated. Yeah. Wow. And I have to say that I am a, I'm a young 47 I'll be 48 mm -hmm. this year, and uh, I I do have some some issues occasionally with um, remembering names. Sure. So how can you improve this? Mm -hmm. um, well, the things that you've mentioned. Is there any additional? Well, the other thing, since you're uh, nearing 50, you know, the age uh -huh. of menopause. Um, that sounds a lot worse than young 47. <laughs> young 47 <laughs> is new. Yeah. yeah. The, it's, so it's, what else can young. I, what else can I do, uh, Dr. Tappet? It's very young and vibrant, I'm sure. And yes. um, we just need to optimize it. So uh -huh. looking at hormones would be another area to investigate. Um, you know, all of us, uh, men included, need to check things like testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, uh -huh. and optimize those um, to really maintain good cognitive function uh, later into life. 
Dr. Chapnick, I'm going to need to take us to commercial, but I want you to um, give a call to action for my uh, listeners on how they can have a healthier brain, and which is ultimately going to be a healthier life and a healthier family, um, uh, a healthier family. Well, I'd just like to say that absolutely you can change your brain and that can improve your life. Mm-hmm. And so do, I'd say do something, um, whether it's checking your numbers, whether it's exercising, whether it's eating less carbohydrates. Yep. And as I, you know, I always say, it's just really about one step at a time. So make mm-hmm. a small step and commit to something this year for 2016 to really be thinking about your, uh, your brain and the health and how it's going to affect ultimately yourself and your family. Thank you so mm. much for coming that in. Was it was a, a great conversation with you. It was fun. Thank you. Coming up next on the Money Hour, if you're a seller, you're probably looking at ways to maximize your profits, potential profits in the sale of your home. And to do that, you need to have an expert in this arena to help you strategize on listing and selling your house. And I have in studio Brett Brittany Hannigan with Northwest Group Real Estate right here on 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. Isn't it time to get the right answers? Whether you or a loved one struggle with attention, anxiety, depression, mood problems, autism, obsessive compulsive disorder, addictions, weight, memory, learning, or behavioral problems, the Amen Clinics can help. At the Amen Clinics, they specialize in powerful brain imaging called SPECT that when combined with detailed clinical histories, paints a clear picture of your brain. This is called the Amen Clinics Method. The Amen Clinics Method allows a look at your brain patterns to treat conditions based on your specific type. What they've discovered from over 115,000 brain scans is that imaging changes everything. There's not just one type of depression, ADD, or addiction. They all have multiple types. The imaging in the context of a detailed history allows them to target treatment specifically to your brain. This is Dr. Cabron Chapik at the Amen Clinics Northwest in Bellevue, and we want to help you find the right answers. Visit amenclinics.com or call 1-855-400- 9136 to learn more and speak with a patient care coordinator today. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, sponsored by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage. Now in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to the Money Hour. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM, KKNW, the Saturday, January 9th show. I bring into studio each week the best of the best experts in all areas regarding your financing and your money and help us in today's economy. If you're listening to my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's one 855 411150 or online at themoneyhour.com and you can connect with the amazing guests that I've had in studio or give suggestions on any topics you'd like me to bring into studio. Right now I have Brittany Hannigan with Northwest Group Real Estate and we're going to talk about sellers and maximizing profit and the things to do and not do. Brittany, thank you so much for uh, joining me in studio. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I am too. To uh, definitely give my my sellers a uh, wealth of information in that arena. And a little background about Brittany. Brittany has been practicing real estate since 2007 and is a member of the National Association of Realtors. She's graduated of the University of Washington, earned two degrees in communication and uh, sociology with the emphasis on sale and sales and marketing. Now, Brittany, Brittany began her career in 2007 working in as a 
assistant in one of the top with one of the top agents at Windermere Real Estate in Bellevue, Terry Foster, which I've had Terry and her team in studio before. Uh, knowing this was the path that she wanted to continue in. Now, Brittany joined an elite team at Northwest Group Real Estate in 2008, where she took on a role of client marketing, uh, client marketing efforts and helped create a seamless experience for Northwest business uh, grew. Brittany shifted out of her marketing role to focus 100% on clients and her marketing background and experience working with such um, successful producers gives her the knowledge and the skill to serve as a full-time broker representing a wide range of clientele from first-time home buyers, clients downsizing, move up, re- relocating and resell investors. And you know, Brittany, I think that's one of the best ways to get into this industry because there is so much that's happening and coming in new and not having uh, not be not doing business and seeing how it's done right. It's really hard to get that experience. So when you come in, you work with a an industry leader, which Terry is in in the uh, market, and you learn kind of how to get through all of these things. You become an expert just from being in that uh, that environment. So I think it's an awesome way to get in. And thank you again so much for coming in. So I want to start out with. Um, a common question that my listeners have that are thinking about selling is whether they should be waiting till spring to sell their home. Absolutely. This is a question I get quite often, actually. It's um, kind of more when I began in the market back in 2007. I think it was just a common uh, perception that a lot of sellers thought, you know, was the best time to list your home because, mm-hmm. you know, the flowers are blooming. Everything just shows that much better. But the reality is, is Seattle, we've had such low inventory that really a lot of the buyers that wait until the spring to buy, you know, they're not finding the properties that yes. they anticipate anticipated to get. So they're still looking in the summer and the buyers that started their search in the summertime are looking, you know, well into the winter. And so mm-hmm. it's really taking that much more time to find your desired property. Um, so with that said, I always, you know, I tell sellers, you really can list any time of the year, just given how low the inventory levels have been. Um, with that said, I do recommend, you know, hold off during the holidays, Christmas, uh-huh. um, even December. I mean, it's kind of a tough month with people traveling and so much going on that it's typically if they were wanting to list in December, I'd say, hey, let's just wait till the first of the year. Yep. Um, same goes for, for Thanksgiving. And Labor Day weekend, you know, weekends where people, families are getting ready to get their kids back in school and they're just traveling, you know, they don't have the time to really look at, um, go out there and house hunt. So it makes total sense. Really year round, it's a, a common misconception that you need to wait to the spring, wait until the springtime. Um, you know, I'd encourage all sellers, you can list your property year round, just mm-hmm. avoid, you know, the holidays and really the busy, the hustle and bustle when, when families and uh, buyers out there don't have the time to simply get out there and look. Yeah. And if you're looking at, as Brittany said, what type of market that we're in, you've got to consider right now as well with the low interest rates and the low inventory, as you're saying, it just adds that even additional benefit to the fact that we're in the beginning of the year and people are coming in and starting to do things that they want. So what about the preparation, Brittany, um, for home? If I've got a a seller listening that's asking, well, you know, when should I start prepping my home and uh, what do I do there? Uh, so it always depends on what their timeline is. And, you know, the sooner you know that you want to list your home, the better, the more the more time you can do can provide yourself to get the home ready, uh-huh. uh, the better. 
one thing, if we do have, you know, at least six months in advance, sometimes what I'll do for sellers is I'll suggest that they have their home pre-inspected. So they actually hire an inspector to come out and take a look at any potential problems. You know, if the roof has, um, you know, it's kind of at the end of its life or if the gutters need to be cleaned and any maintenance issues, because Uh that way the seller, they know upfront issues that they may be facing when it comes down to having their home listed and then have buyers going through the inspection process. So this is just, it's one way to basically address any potential problems that Mm -hmm. a seller could do their due diligence and take care of prior to getting it listed and bringing it on market. Because ultimately, as a seller, you really want your home to appear and remain as, um, you know, you want it to be seen in the best light. So although, you know, you may be investing some money up front, this is also, um, you know, money that you'll save in the end because any buyer out there would come across these issues during their own pre-inspection or inspection anyway. Makes total sense. Now, what about um, finding temporary housing and going out and renting so that your house is vacant and you're not there? Or what suggestions do you have around that? Uh, well, I think in an ideal world, it's best to have your vac- your home vacant and okay. just ready to show. Um, I always encourage my sellers, if they are going to be living in the home, during the sale of it, um, I've I've often had clients they'll move in, you know, maybe with their in-laws temporarily, or mm-hmm. um, even go on a vacation for a week, just so they're out of the home and there's they can maximize the the showings for any potential buyer. Uh-huh. Um, so that is the ideal situation, as we know, and as as most people have been hearing out there, it it still is a seller's market. So, yep. you know, if the home is priced properly, it's going it's going to sell in this market. And that's what I say is the house is going to sell. It's just a matter of what profit are you going to make. So I would imagine, you know, going through that with you and finding out how much more money am I going to make if I do temporary housing versus staying here, and then you can weigh it out if it's convenient for you or not. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, so what are your feeling as far as a seller's market and what we're going to see for 2016? Um continuing to be a seller's market what is your uh what's your crystal ball say there i mean i think well, you're more of the expert on this <laughs> end but um i should be asking you um but in reality i mean i really i don't foresee anything changing in the foreseeable future um it's been a seller's market for quite a while and i think with so many people and com- corporations moving into seattle mm-hmm. there's so much growth and i notice you know on a daily basis um, from rental properties to to purchasing a property, rent has only been increasing. Yes, the values of home. I mean, they're steadily. They've remained somewhat steady, but have also increased slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't. There's way too many buyers out there in this market, and not enough inventory that we still we're not going to have any dramatic change in the foreseeable future. From yep. My belief. I, I totally agree with you. And what about clients in uh, how you're coaching them and pricing their home? Because you see clients that price higher to to feel that they're make sure that they're not getting a lowball offer, and then you have clients that are pricing strategically lower than what the market. And so, what is and there's a, there's a spot there that you should be. Can you talk to my uh, listeners about that? Absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely it's the sweet spot. You want to price at market value. And this is something that I cannot stress enough with my sellers. 
um, oftentimes they have inquired, well, it is such a seller's market. So can we price higher? And Mm -hmm. I always say, you know, the market, let's going to, we're going to price it at market value. The buyers out there will dictate how much you get for the home. But Mm -hmm. ultimately, if you start too high, there's going to be buyers who already know that you know, prices will potentially go above the list price. So they'll un- immediately just disregard it if they think it's already out of their budget or yeah. priced too high. So never, I mean, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot if you if you overprice. Um, on the flip side, it's also a, yeah, you can have a lot of trouble if you underprice, which okay. um, sadly a lot of listing agents are encouraging their, their sellers to price low so that it can increase the, uh, the buyers and the interest out there. But the problem is, is um, I mean, why are you going to waste all these these buyers' times? Put yourself in their shoes. Mm-hmm. And if your home's worth $500,000, don't list it at $400,000 just to get more interest. Okay. Um, I, I mean, really what it comes down to, I'll tell my sellers, I'll say, if we list your home at 500000 are you going to be comfortable accepting their price? You never want to accepting, you know, this as an offer sure. price. I would never list a home and have my sellers expect to get more okay. and when they actually receive a list price offer, them to be disappointed. Yeah. So you have to be realistic. Price it at, at market value and that's why you hire an agent to do, mm-hmm. you know, all of their due diligence, look at all the comparables in the area and see what things are actually going for. Makes sense. So let's talk about uh, an offer review date. Can you can you explain to my listeners what that is and should they be doing it? Absolutely. Yeah, that's another thing that a lot of sellers are not even familiar with when they're uh, we're discussing the process of listing their home and it's pretty common in this market, uh, especially with, you know, for how little inventory there is, uh-huh. when something pops on the market, usually buyers, you know, their agents will encourage them to take a look as soon as possible. And um, this is a pro- problem that we ran into four years ago or so. I remember having clients feeling so rushed and just them needing to, oh my gosh, we need to get our pre-inspection done yes. and write an offer. We need our pre-approval so we can write an offer in the next hour. And it's, you know, they really did not have time to even think it over. And so um, it became more of a common practice a couple of years ago that the sellers and the listing agent, they would bring the home on the market and actually set an offer review date. So okay. they would state, um, you know, for instance, we're going to list the home on Monday and anywhere from five days to two weeks later, we'll look at offers. So it gives any potential buyer the opportunity to have a pre-inspection conducted, mm-hmm. a sewer scope, and and really do their due diligence and, and figure out that they are ready and, you know, 100% motivated to move forward on okay. this home. So it's... um kind of a case-by-case basis, whether you want to set one for the property. And it also gives a chance and time for those offers to all come in to maximize the seller's. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's to the seller's benefit and it's also to the buyer's advantage. So they're not feeling rushed and just a sense of, you know, making a irrational decision in the matter of 30 minutes. Of course. So Brittany, I got a a minute before I wrap up the show here. Uh, What advice would you have for either my sellers, because you represent sellers and you represent buyers. So in um, advice that you would have somebody listening right now that's either looking at selling or buying a property. I mean, I think it ultimately comes down to what is your next move. And while it is absolutely a seller's market, you have to think about what are you going to do next? Are you going to sell your home at a premium and then be back in the buyer's pool? Um, I mean, it's it makes sense for a lot of 
sellers and then, you know, who turn into buyers at that point, especially mm-hmm. if you're doing a move up or I've had some clients where they sell and they're just simply wanting to rent for a while to determine what they want to do next, whether it be in a year or two years uh-huh. or if they're moving. So, um, you know, if you have any interest in selling, I encourage you to, you know, reach out to your your preferred realtor, uh, real estate agent. Um, I'd be happy to, you know, assist you as well. And um but ultimately, just you need to have the discussion of what your home is worth and, yes. and what your next next step is. Great advice. And that's the biggest thing with the show. And the reason why the show is here is to make sure that you have all the experts that you need in any, any area regarding your financing, because knowledge is power and preparing up front is powerful as well. So if you want to connect with uh, Brittany, you can call the show 1-855-411-50 or you can go online at themoneyara.com and connect with any of the guests that I've had in studio today. And I want to thank all of you for being here and I want to thank you as my listeners. Uh, This is your host and mortgage expert Tina Mitchell signing off for the day. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and as usual, I will be here next week, same time, same place, right here at 1150 AM, KKNW. The preceding program is paid for by Absolute Mortgage, a division of Finance of America Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS 1071, AZBK 0910184. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Absolute Mortgage. Visit absoluteloans.com or call 888-90-HOMES for cost information.